Welcome back to another episode of Three Dads talking about anime. If you're listening to this, thank you because you've stuck with us for a long time, or this is your first episode. And uh, we really appreciate that. Uh, I'm the main one you need to listen to uh, on this show to see how long I can keep going with this. Uh, I'm Chest, aka Chest. And no, just. Okay, I'm running out of blank things to say. Who else is on the show with me tonight? I'm Cole. And I'm Ben. I said blank things, and it made it seem like I like bleeped out myself, but I really just meant like dumb. You did. I did. I cursed and then bleeped myself. Uh, Family-friendly, sh- folks. Family you should friendly. put in uh, sound effects for those moments. <gasps> hey. Hello. Those. Uh, you remember when we, when we used to do that? We used to do the hellos, and then we just stopped caring that we say names and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Now we just give our socials Again, and move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so cold social, if you missed last week's episode. <laughs> and this week, you'll hear Ben's. Um, your pen and paper. If you guess the last three digits, you're going to get a lot of money. <laughs> That's what we should do. We'll we'll do like lottery style, like giving a, a number each week of our socials. And then you have to guess the last number. And some lucky winner will, will rob us blind. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh please don't do that. Although it would fit with our with our new show. Oh crime and punishment. Looping in the the shows. Gentlemen, we're starting a new show here on Three Dads. How you feel about that? We sure are. We really are. It's great to be watching <laughs> a new show. <laughs> Just so much dead air. This is great. Great start to this this new one here. We um, love yeah. the dead air. We do love dead air. It's so fun to listen to. Uh, <laughs> it's a good thing I don't edit much because it makes it easy. I'm just going to leave it here. Um, yeah, so this is a, uh, a new show suggested by our own Colpster, actually. Cole picked this one out uh, via... Uh, right? You are incorrect, right, you sir. Did. I knew you were going to do that. I knew it. Yeah, you, <laughs> you put this one out here, Jess. <laughs> you little rascal. <laughs> wow. Well, this makes me look really, uh, really unprepared. I was just keeping you on your toes. That's so I haven't funny. been staring at the schedule for so long that I've gone cross-eyed. Um, wow. So I chose this one. Trick question. It was me the whole time. You're a real Sherlock. Wink, wink. Uh, for cluing that in. Yeah. Wow. I did pick this one, didn't I? Clever. Yeah, clever. You're clever girl. <laughs> Ooh. That's a better reference than all my my references tonight. I am really stinking it up. Uh, You're good. You're good. It's okay. So, Chest, on that it's note, from here. why why <laughs> did you pick this show? Well, 
Uh, I actually had three detective-ish shows. Uh, I, well, first I should say what it is. We're, we're watching Moriarty. Moriarty? Professor Moriarty. Uh, the Patriot. It is kind of a, a spin on the... That was a lot of rain hitting my roof. Um, it's a spin on the um, mastermind villain in the Sherlock Holmes series. Uh, Professor Moriarty. He was uh, actually. I'll, I'll give a little background to him in a minute. Um, but he's kind of the anti-hero slash hero of this show. And I had picked three detective shows slash like mysterious shows and throw them out to you guys. I had two that I was really looking forward to. One that was look kind of interesting. And that's usually actually how it goes. Uh, a lot of our selections we have usually one or two stand out pretty strong and then there's like a, a third one that's like well maybe it'll hit um but this one won so yeah y'all y'all seem most interested in this one it is a period piece set in actual uh england so they do stick to like kind of the story of sherlock holmes it seems um and i'm actually without jumping straight into the episode i, I did want to point out it's very interesting because they start the show with someone reading a book and it turns out he's reading a Sherlock's home, a Holmes novel. And then the adult that comes in and like, is like, what are you reading? He's like, Oh, and he like flips to the professor Moriarty character. And he's like, let's tell you a story about him. And so it's very, it's interesting. Cause it's not like they just jump in, you know, right. you're reading a fictional or you're watching a fictional character. Basically uh, just a small little snippet of who professor James Moriarty is. Um, this is kind of his uh, bio. He's a fictional character and criminal mastermind created by Sir Arthur uh, Conan Doyle uh, to be a formidable enemy for the author's fictional detective Sherlock Holmes. He was prime uh, created primarily as a device by which Doyle. I've not actually done much Sherlock Holmes reading, so I don't know if any of this is true or how it goes, but. He was created primarily as a device by which Duo could kill Holmes and end the hero's stories. Professor Moriarty first appears in the short story, The Adventure of the Final Problem, and first published in 1893. He also plays a role in the final Sherlock Holmes novel, The Valley of Fear, but without a direct appearance. And um, that's, yeah, so that's kind of a little little overview of his, like, actual, uh, you know, life outside of this anime <laughs> i don't know how to say that <laughs> why he was created maybe um no. so yeah that that was that was kind of it it's good background i like that i Thank also you. i i was immediately like uh so i did something a little different this this show this is Ooh. the first time i watched the show and typed my notes on the computer while watching oh, and whoa. boy game changer wow technological <laughs> of you i instead of like scribbling and pausing and scribbling i would i would i still probably had to pause like one or two times but that's opposed to like 15 times sure. um so the sure. show wasn't as choppy i have more notes anyways uh as soon as the episode started i'm like ooh, okay so here's the setting this is where we're at and then boom, they take they kind of shift a little bit. That wasn't the actual story. It was a kid reading a book about uh, our actual story. So that was that was a nice little uh, 
quick twist there at the beginning and then just right into it. Just right into it. Right into it. Colbster? Right into it. Feel? Yeah, it goes right into it. And uh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> Do you have any preliminary thoughts prior to like the pl- actual plot? No. Uh, I mean, well, I guess one. I love that uh, anime studios do these different cultural stories. So an anime about a British fictional character uh, can be really fun. I think like, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't have to stay within the Japanese, the Japan Island. You know, I like Mm -hmm. that they're, they're branching out and you know, they're probably gonna have some really good action scenes or takes on classic characters. And I think it's great. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was excited for this one for that reason. I agree that where we'll probably see the more anime style of things is probably in the fighting. I, I think the glimpses that we've had of any action, it's like, oh, that's probably, they're going to definitely stick to the anime style of like more like a, it's not like fighting, like, like, beat them up fighting but more like uh i don't know what am i trying to say subtle more subtle like knives in the alleyways sort of fighting yeah maybe some assassination type Ooh, some assassination yeah love it um yeah so colby you want to take us into episode one after the the little child is discovered reading Sherlock Holmes? Sure. That is the prologue opening, and then the opening song comes on. Did you guys watch the opening song? I did. Oh, yes. I didn't. Okay. Ben, you did too? I sure did. Oh, wow. I wasn't terribly terribly impressed with the song, but I felt that it fit very well with this Mm -hmm. kind of show we're going to have. I have complete opposite thoughts about the closing song, but we can get to that later. So the story opens after the opening song with a very young boy running through the streets, the sewers. Question mark. Yeah, I don't I don't know which one it was. Do you guys know which one it was? Streets or sewers? Oh, I, I honestly streets. think streets, I think. Okay. That's, what I That's my guess. And it's That's like fine. night. It's night at night. Streets. It's got they've got red lights all over, so this kid is running through the streets. And it's obvious he's running from someone or something. And he hides out a little bit and then he gets caught by someone. And then he gets tied up by this person. And then we find out that this little boy gets murdered by this person. So right off the bat, show's not afraid to kill some children. Right. Which means (laughs) this is going to be the real deal. We don't see it, but... No, no, it's no. In the... Thankfully, they do shy away from that. That would have been yes. a probably deal breaker for me, to be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they. That was it, honestly, I was very taken aback. It was very horror esque, not like mm-hmm. body horror, yeah. but like like woof, like it was the 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 thematic like uh, shifting of of shots to like the gargoyles and the terror on his face. Um, and then when he gets captured and he's tied to the chair, like it shifts between his terror, the gargoyles, the killer's kind of a s- obscured face, but like with a really demonic grin. Um, and you definitely feel the weight of the show. 
like immediately. Like this is oh, a yeah. dark person, a very yep. dark person. Yeah, uh, great job talking about the the gargoyles thing. They yeah they are very intentional of showing the gothic architecture of old Lon- London. Um, yeah. Just kind of give you the feel of everything, and yeah, it it kind of fits with like the almost demonic figure of this murderer, like what he's doing is so evil that they kind of keep showing the, the representations on the, the architecture of it. So as much as I don't like seeing children die, I thought this opening was very well done to give me the feel of the show. Yes. And where it's going to go. Cinematography wise. Yeah. Yeah. There is an art to film and, you know, TV and they did a good job. Yep. So the next scene, it opens up on a guy named William, who we know as is this Moriarty character, Moriarty character, and he gets a paper from his butler, whose name is Lewis. At least we assume is his butler, and he talks to him about this string of murders that's been happening with these kids. Heavens to Betsy! Yeah, someone take it away with this conversation. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh... William is the one reading, uh, and he's he starts. I mean, it shows us the page of like brutal, brutal murder. Uh, uh, the slasher seventh victim they talk about, and immediately William kind of starts doing this analysis. Uh, he says we gotta we gotta think about the kids and the occupations of the parents. And mm-hmm. so it, it cycles through like, okay, a jewelry, jewelry store. And, uh, and I, he says it a few times. The phrase that comes out is people want what they see. Mm-hmm. And so who sees all of these kind of, so he right away, I love this kind of stuff, by the way, just like mm-hmm. I love when it's happening in a Sherlock Holmes movies. I love, they're doing it well already at the beginning of the show, which <laughs> I was very impressed just yeah. kind of his step-by-step dissecting the the victims, the victims' parents. Okay, who sees all these kind of people? And that's when he kind of starts bringing in uh, the – or does he bring in the upper upper class already? So, so what he said, Lewis actually is like, well, but William, like, what do all these people have in common? Because Lewis is actually the one, like, they don't have any clues. And William's like, of course they do. The clues are in the paper. Right. And he's like, what are you right. talking about? So then he does what Ben says. And he basically says, look at all the occupations of the parents. It's like tailor, uh, horse groom, uh, butcher, like all these low class jobs. And then uh, Lewis says, but what about the homeless boy? That is um, kind of an outlier. Uh, no, I apologize. He did actually say before that, he says, so it's probably nobility. Because uh, a, a noble or a like higher class person might not interact with uh, with some of the with some roles, uh, they might send their their butler. But like, think about getting on a horse. Uh, the groom is probably going to be there um, picking up his clothes from the tailor. And what do all these people have in common? They use their ch- children as apprentices. So it's probably nobility. And then the Lewis points out like, well, what about this victim? Uh, he was homeless. Yeah. And he's like, aha, so you've hit on the crux of the matter. That's probably our biggest clue. If we can yeah. figure out 
why the homeless boy was taken, we probably can figure out who did it. And then that's kind of the, then we like follow the actual adventure of the episode from there. Culpster. True that. True that. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, so we get this, this scene, very Sherlock Holmesy, and we're like, wait a minute. Mm. Isn't this story about Moriarty? Isn't this character Moriarty? How, why is he trying to solve crimes? Isn't mm. he a bad guy? So that's kind of the thought I had immediately, like, not immediately, but mm. throughout this first episode, like, wait a minute, something doesn't feel the same. same. Right. Moriarty is same. different than Sherlock Holmes, but he's acting like Sherlock Holmes. But I'm enjoying it anyway, so let's keep on going. That, did you guys feel similarly? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely paused and I was like, oh, maybe it's a spin of like, it's called Moriarty the Patriot. Maybe maybe they're casting him in a good light, misunderstood or something like that. At this point, I was like, maybe they're just recasting. I mean, I'm not intimately familiar with his character, but maybe it's one of those like we're recasting his character in a good light situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, later, you figure out like they're not. They're just highlighting that he's uber smart for very different motivations than Sherlock Holmes is what, or he does think he does what he does for very different motivations than Sherlock Holmes. And he's very intelligent. So yeah, that was my, yeah, I, I didn't even know that was Moriarty. I, I didn't hear them say his name. So I guess you could assume mm. when they said William, that it was, it was a, him. Assume, I assumed too. Okay. They didn't say it. Was okay. Him. Okay. Right. So I was like, yeah, I was like, eh, maybe, I don't know. I It didn't click for me until he said his full name to the Earl, and I'm like, ooh. And then <laughs> ooh. I started, because uh, I was like, Moriarty's the villain, and usually the villain doesn't start uh, the shows. They get brought in later. So I, I was like, he might not even be in the show till episode the end of episode one or two. I don't know. Um, and then as I understood it was him i was like maybe this is like a prequel maybe this is his journey to becoming a villain and then by the time we were done with our episodes my conclusion is this is just a different either i i don't know the moriarty lore so either this is actually very accurate to what type of character he is or this is just a different version of moriarty and he's like a uh uh, what's it called? An anti-hero? anti-hero. Or what is it? Yeah. Maybe it's something like that. There you go, Colpster. I was going to say, maybe they'll pull a Joran and we'll never see Moriarty. <laughs> <laughs> Moriarty the who? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good gosh. Uh, we yeah. finished the show. I'm... We don't even know who Moriarty is. <laughs> I still cannot believe I don't know who Jordan is. Maybe it was super obvious. Do you ever think like maybe we just missed it? No, we. Jordan? You guys looked it up, didn't you? It was some we like did. I three did different names or. Anyway, no, that was junk. <laughs> Baffling. Baffling. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead, Copster. So the next scene was uh, a difficult scene, but I'm glad they threw it in there because, um, yeah, it just mm. makes things more personable. So there's this this nobleman he goes into the tailor's shop the boy who the uh the place of business where the son just got murdered the apprentice son just got murdered and he goes in there and he says hey tailor man i forgot your name uh he didn't say that he knew it i don't remember it 
He was like, he was like, I'm not here for for a suit. I'm here because I want to give you my condolences that your son died. And at, at first, I was like, oh, this guy's the murderer because he's same. The I totally thought he was the murderer. The episode's oh, called Albert? The Earl's Crime. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, Albert. great. This nobleman that's coming in here, he's just kind of here to rub it in the dad's face. Uh, spoilers, that's not the case. Um, but anyway, he goes in there. I w- like, wish you would have told me that the funeral was soon. Um, so I could have gone. And the guy's like, no, don't worry about it. And then he starts talking to him a little bit about like who the murderer is and why he did it. And the dad, in his grief-stricken ways, he just kind of his eyes go kind of black. Like they show it mm-hmm. very, very clearly that he's got murderous intent. He's like, if I knew who it was, I can't yeah. even say what I would do. To yeah. that man. It's a very like dot, dot, dot moment. Yeah. Of like a lot of heavy implications of he's, he's willing to go the, the mile for revenge. Uh, also, do you know the tone? Did you notice the tones of the, like is very like dark, gray blue tones to that scene very little color um it's very somber looking scene the music is what stood out to me the eerie music visual storytelling right there Mm -hmm. great it's a great again a great scene that you're like i don't like what's happening but cinematography wise you're doing great (laughs) Keep, keep it up um yeah yeah, it was heavy. I definitely thought Albert was the killer, for sure. I only thought so for that 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 one scene, but then the next right, scene right. kind of disp- the next scene I mean. kind of dispels that because then he walks in. <laughs> yeah, he walks into William's room. He's like, "Hey, what's up?" Yeah. Like, "Oh, Albert, you're back." Yeah. Yep. Is that when it is actually is that when he talks about the homeless person, or what does he say in the scene? It happened earlier. It was with Lewis oh, okay, okay. and okay. William that they. That's what I thought. Is this so when think... he's like, "We need to go for a carriage ride." I think next is whenever he goes to the uh, outer court and the young man's playing the instrument. Yes, I believe that's where we go next, and it, he's clearly like struggling, not playing well, and William goes up to him and throws Another a quarter. Homeless boy. Throws a, a loony and a toony into the, the, the cup. <laughs> oh, dude, good. You know those are real coins, right? Of course Canadian I do. coins, though. I love I've it. Only, I've only been to one country besides the United States, and it's Canada. <laughs> Canadian. <laughs> good we, uh, Keep going. We went there. We went there. Well, I'm going to tell you a story then. Oh, uh, we went cool. to Niagara Falls, Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, the better half. <laughs> yes. Amen. I've only heard people say that, so I'm convinced at this point it's true. It was a blast. One thing I did is every time we went to Applebee's like seven times over there because everything <laughs> was like everything. We we weren't afraid to spend money on our honeymoon, but we would we were at, we wanted to spend it more on like things to do rather than just food. So we went to Applebee's a lot, and we loved mm-hmm. Applebee's. Anyways, I brought my Looney and Toonies there. Because they had, you know, the things with like gumball machines or gumballs or toys or like little ninjas. There was one full of Marvel characters. So I probably spent like 15 bucks on that thing. (laughs) Uh, Which is probably like 20 loonies. (laughs) 20 Canadian dollars. Worth it, though. 
There was also world's biggest arcade there and dropped a good hundred, 200 bucks in there. That was great. I treated it like a casino. Did you win (laughs) or did the house win? Yeah, we won. So my goal, I was like, all right, we're going to win something off the wall because whatever's on the wall, like hanging up on the wall, that's the big stuff. As a kid, you never, at least me, we never had enough money to actually get that many tickets. So I was like, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to get something off the wall. So we got battleship. So I have a $200 battleship game in our home still today. (laughs) (laughs) That is phenomenal. I hope it's framed and hung above your bed. Yeah. So there they are in the courtyard. So William throws a loony (laughs) in his cup and the kid seems really happy and he looks up and William's like, basically, can I ask you a question or can we talk? And he's holding up another coin. Um, and then they, yep. he's eating, oh, I they don't know if you talked about this. Yeah, he's eating something that looks so good. <laughs> it's like a donut or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. They're at some, some pub or bakery or something. But yeah, so he, 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 yeah, he asked the boy, can, can I treat you to something and talk? And he takes him, the boy's eating and he basically, he, he, he's very casual with dropping knowledge so he's just like looks like you haven't been playing that for very long and the boy kind of stiffens he's like it's mine and i was like mm, are you sure it's yours and then the, <clears throat> the boy gets really skittish he's like are you a cop and he's like i'm not a cop <laughs> um and he just basically goes on about like well you know it was my buddies and you know now that he's gone um because this was a very public thing that happened to his friend um you know, it's as his mate, it's my job to carry on his business sort of thing. And it actually cuts to a scene with the the dead homeless boy in the street and his little instruments laying there uh, from the viewpoint of, oh, shoot. Yeah, keep going. Line. Keep going. He's uh, oh, he's coming back. Right back. OK, good. Yep. It's happened before. Um, so the yeah, he's laying there and we see it from the from the viewpoint of our our boy that's being interviewed right here. And uh, he um, basically gives him. Well, actually, it's implied that he tells him where it was. I don't know. Does he explicitly say he used to be on such? An, oh yeah, he does. He says, yeah, he he used to operate on like two streets over. Um, and and so the that's where William goes next. Is he shows up at the square that the boy used to be at? There is some flowers which is interesting. Uh, did you think that the killer put the flowers? Cause that was my vibe is like, that would be uh, like a sicko killer thing to do. Yeah. I think it was implied. Okay. That, Good. That he's the one. So who else would? Right. No one would have cared, but he like kind of like a little, little, you know, little capstone hey. on his crime there. Yeah. Sometimes those uh, serial murderers, they do some weird things. Yeah, they do. Am I right, Ben? Or am I right? I hate my computer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I almost stopped, and then Cole's like, nah, nah, keep going. Um, We we just made it to the the square where William sees the flowers, and then he turns around, and he, he actually haven't even said this yet. He's like, so would he be looking from a carriage? And he ah. like looks around, and he's like 
no, that's too quick. Uh, it needs to be somewhere that the killer could have watched for a long time. And he looks straight up. And again, really good cinematography here. The lower buildings, uh, which are kind of the lower class shop buildings, get like they have a very gray monotone look. And then almost like highlighted in like this glowing colorish thing like like you would see you know like those like seek and find games and like when you click on it it like lights up the right item you ever played those like um yeah it's like that like it's like highlighting the building Cole's saying now um but it just All I draws had was your Paris eyes Waldo books. <laughs> when you touch the book so it, try it next time touch it, touch it, Waldo, Waldo and he Waldo lights, lights up. up and he disappears yeah that's how it goes yeah yeah um no but it draws you up as as william looks up there is this very clear like corner window uh, uh and he doesn't comment but that's like the the end of that scene is like oh so the killer's watching from that window a corner window that is framed with two gargoyles which we've seen before mm. implying like hey the murderer is sitting right in between these gargoyles I mean, we could have figured it out. No, I, I was way off. <laughs> I was just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. So what happens next? Ben. Back to, back to the, the room, right? With William and Lewis. And then uh, yeah, Albert walks brief, in. Brief second. Yeah, and this was just a fun moment for me. I mean... I obviously quickly realize it makes sense why they're all together. But before he walks in, it, it seems like they're probably in from separate worlds or different stories or who knows what. Oh. And he comes in like that. And I'm like, oh, cool. They're on the same team. Uh, you know, we got some all stars together. Uh, <laughs> I quickly enjoyed Albert's character. Um, mm -hmm. And thus, thus far in the show, he's my uh, favorite character to watch. Um, mm. But. Yeah, so he, he walks in, and I think, what, do they just talk about, like, the conclusion? Or, no, they're asking questions about the club, like how to get in? Is that what they're Yeah, so about? he says, Who's, whose property is it? And he's like, well, it's actually not a – it's not owned by somebody. It's a clubhouse for, like, really wealthy, <clears throat> really wealthy, top-notch society people. Uh, and he's like, well, I got to get in there somehow. Uh, William says so. I don't – do they say how he gets in? Or is it just like, we got to get in? I can't remember. Actually. <laughs> I, don't I don't think he does I... anything special. He's just kind of there. Yeah, he, he just shows just... up. <laughs> Maybe he's high enough in society he can he can just go. Or it's just a money thing. Or yeah, you just pay, you pay a, a certain amount of money, money for right the day. Yeah, for a bidet? Is that what you said? For the day. <laughs> yeah, a bidet for a day. Yeah, uh, you get a bidet yeah. for a day. Have y'all ever used a bidet? Uh, I have I one that. in my house. Not actually gonna lie. You really, really, I do. <laughs> it's an it's an attachment, but I do have one. Yeah. Oh, uh, that didn't actually, answer my question. <laughs> I, I also have used one. Oh yes, I and I've used it, but I've I have <laughs> used like actual ones. The first time I used one was actually in Wisconsin uh, with uh, Luke uh, when he used to live up there. They had oh. moved into a house that had one. Super a weird. Theater? 
<laughs> yes, it was with Luke <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> no, in his house. Uh, but then when we visited Italy, they they have them everywhere. So, mm. yeah, oh, use them there. I never, ha- I have not experienced Kolb. It's I have. When I was yeah? in Spain, uh, th- thumbs up or thumbs down? What do you think, boys? You went to Spain. I did. That. Actually, yeah, my C no junior trip our AP Euro European history class and Spanish class went to London, Paris, Barcelona. So you've seen Professor Moriarty. I have face to face. Wow. That's incredible. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Did they love he's he's pretty old, but he's still his mind is sharp as ever. Wow. Did they did he let you use his bidet? No, I I only That's use it a in little Spain, forward. Paris, oh, okay. and London <laughs> did not have them. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, oh, you're Mr. Moriarty. Can I use your bidet? <laughs> <laughs> Please ask him that next time you see him. Um, I think yeah, I will. So he gets into he gets into the club and he's kind of sitting there, uh, just enjoying his his thing and uh, his cup of tea and like observing the room. And he pulls over a waiter uh, or a staff member, and he's like, "Hey, who sits in that corner seat?" He's like, "Well, you know, it's." It, he's like, he's asked, "Like, is it tied down to someone?" He's like, "No, not necessarily, but so and so sits there uh, all the time. Like, it's not his seat, but uh, he does sit there a lot. He's the Earl of something." Uh, and you're like, "Ooh, the Earl, bum, bum, bum. the Earl." Bum, bum, bum. So then, the episode's the, the name next... is the Earl's crime. The next little clips is actually of the Earl. And then you kind of get like a over the shoulder, like, hi, I'm William. May I sit and like chat, chat with you moment of he stumbles the Earl out of his like gazing down where the boy used to play. Mm -hmm. And then William, I'm gonna let somebody else talk about this, but William does a fun game with him of I know what you did. And it was, it was very, it was fun for me. I liked it. What do you do? I think, I think Ben should explain it, but I'll say the first thing. William doesn't even wait for him to say, oh, have a seat, or he doesn't even ask if he can sit yeah. down. He just comes over and sits at his table, which throws the guy off right away. <laughs> right away. Yeah, doesn't he say, like, you look bored? Uh, so yeah. Just giving <laughs> you a conversation or something? Yeah, something like that. So what he does... It- <laughs> He first asks about the tuxedo and Mm -hmm. if he got it at, uh, what's his name? Uh, Walter and Brueggemann's. Eden's Eden's, uh, tuxedo shop. Uh, So he's like, oh, you know, impressive. And then he asks about the watch, I think, from the jewelry store. No, his ring. His ring. His ring ring from the jewelry store. And then I do believe he moves to the watch across his chest. And he's like, well, how did you see the watch? And you the watch. And <laughs> he's like, well, I'll do you one better. I know what horse you rode in this morning and some other. Like where things. you got your hat. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> and so uh, this guy's sweating. And William even not, comes not on quite. Back. Oh, no, he's he's looking like he, William even comments on his lack of poker face this whole time. I thought it, I thought it hit him when he says you've recently acquired a taste for that instrument. 
like whatever the name of the instrument was because that's what the last one he says and then he really gets or it, it, oh yeah you're right it, no yeah, it does right. increase it, it does increase but like he he he, no, he uh notates it with this guy and when he gets to the henchman either either later goodness gracious he's like you don't have a poker <laughs> face either <laughs> you're right i stand corrected actually i'm sitting but i sit corrected he sits and he sits and yeah but yeah he says you prefer the meat of young lads um Oof. and so i'm gross. just like wow a game set match in like 12 seconds like holy cow just lock that guy down yeah he he uses a clever reference to like he because this is not part of his thing but he says you you um you seem to appreciate like it looks uh it seems like you've been taking up the sport of catching young hares like a rabbit and you really appreciate tender young meat and uh, the guy hastily stands up and says, uh, I got some other stuff to do. Peace out. And in a nobility of England in the whatever year fashion. Um, but that's what he says. And then, yeah, uh, next shot is what Ben said. William is walking down the street and he's obviously leading his tail like 100% because he turns into a blind alley and you're right. like, Oh, he's doing that on purpose. Classic. So great. <laughs> um, and then he disappears and sure enough, big old hunking henchman like runs around the corner. Oh, where'd he go? <laughs> um, and then of course, you know, Williams behind him and he's like, yeah, you're kind of, you're kind of slow there, buddy. Aren't you? And what, uh, Cole, what did, what did, what happens next? And what did you think about it? uh with the coachman or with something else with the coachman like how does he stop how does the coachman get stopped because this was a introduction of a new aspect to our characters someone else drops down from the roof behind him and pulls a knife and gets the coachman in a hold with a knife to his throat and that person was lewis the brother i mean sorry butler not brother butler oops, oops. Spoiler. Spoiler anyway my mistake that was a, a slip for what we learned from next episode but yeah this guy he's got some skills too he's on the team he's not just a guy who gets the tea in the morning that's right yeah, he's got some he's like he's like a body like a bodyguard <gasps> and then mr williams like hey guess what mr coachman you're gonna tell me some things Fade to black. Literally. <laughs> and the next scene, I don't know. the next scene is the coach, right? Next scene is, is him driving the coach. Oh, yeah. Like oh. William. William driving the coach. No. Don't they? Oh, what was it? I thought there was one scene before that. Oh, no. No, you're right. Yeah. Oh, no, no. They go back in the shop. Albert, it, it takes us back to the mm. shop. It's Al- like simultaneous thing. Yeah, Albert approaches he, the dude. He says, "I have a detailed order." So I think this was him going into <laughs> yeah, it. Tell that's him, "Hey, we know who it is. We're gonna need to get you in that carriage, just like Chess was talking about." Um, and yeah, it it kind of gives us some of that 
those colors that we had at the beginning of the episode, isn't that like all red and black and scary, mm-hmm. spooky? Mm-hmm. But this time, Pull, pulls you back. It's with our quote good guys. So what's going on here? What's going on here, guys? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Shaggy. Um, yeah, it, it, they definitely they definitely pull back with the color scheme, and they uh, is he is he hooded? They pull off a hood from the the Earl. Yeah, they pull off a hood. He's in the same chair in the same. It's in it's in a what's that a mausoleum what's that type of mausoleum, the type of tomb that's like a big building. It's in a mausoleum. Oh, nice. And they pull off his hood, and he is uh, also strapped down to the same chair that he's been using to kill his victims. And he's very panicked. And uh, William is standing there with a very satisfied look of, I told you so. And uh, he basically is like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to let you have a chat with this gentleman who wanted to tell you some things. And the tailor comes out from behind William and raises his tailoring shears. And William says something really chilling. He basically like leans over. He's like, hey, uh, here you go. I've only got one cigarette. So just make it, uh, you know, make it finish up by that time. And he just, just walks out. Mm. Yeah. Walks off the set. He's done. <laughs> Thankfully, the camera follows William, is what I'm going to say to that. Because, uh, yeah, he, I think there was some solemn music playing, and uh, you just watch William smoke his cigarette, and he crushes it with his foot, and then sure enough, turns around, and the door swings open, and the tailor walks out with, with bloody shears. And he is disposed of. We don't ever see the body. I don't think we just see the pool of blood. Um, yeah, but he disposed of him. Huh. You know that. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm glad you brought that out because uh, this show has already done a very purposeful job about not really showing us anything. Um, it's a lot of mystery. Um, uh, you know, the beginning scene, this end scene, um, Lewis goes right behind the coachman and there's nothing we see there. It's just, it, it's, it's, but it's all serious and intense and suspenseful. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't think of an example, but I think it happens in episode two as well, where we kind of have those like, oh, we just, we just didn't see it, but we know something serious just happened and, mm-hmm. and they're doing it well. And I, and I like that. I like that a lot. It's good. Yeah. Cope. Any thoughts? Yes. Any, any, any thoughts? Oh, uh, you know, so we, I'm, you know, I'm watching this and I'm like, are they pulling a Dexter here? Like, I don't know if you guys seen the show Dexter or not, but like, I've seen a few of the earlier seasons. Is this a murderer who's going to be, murdering bad guys yeah dexter's laboratory who is going to be murdering (laughs) only bad guys because you know we've had plenty of debates on whether aaron is justified in his anger and (laughs) stuff like that uh so like but if we were to have that same debate right now 
this guy who's tied up to this chair has murdered seven children. And we're yeah. like, where is that line? Do like, and the father is getting his brand of justice, which is what Albert wanted for him. Albert even brings it up earlier in episode. Like, is he going to get his justice for this? Like, it's hard to tell if there's any justice in the world with little kids getting murdered like that. So, yeah, you know, that would be an interesting debate with Johnny to have that on. Is this, is this a justified killing of this guy for being a murderer of seven children? Brutally murdered. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very <laughs> interesting. So is is Moriarty going to be that character that's right doing evil things, but he's doing it to evil people? I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it just yet. Yeah. So I think this is really going to be a show about justice versus revenge. Revenge feels great. Like most to the majority of people, like most to people chess. like, yeah, to me, you know, I love that. <laughs> you, say, revenge. you say the, you say these things with such conviction and like sincerity that we think that you actually know, do gotta, these things. I got to like backtrack. Okay. Be like, you know, the uh, only way uh, to get out I, of a chain uh, is to break your thumb. Like <laughs> you just, you just say these things with the hand, total confidence of someone who has the experience right. of that. <laughs> And you just said it yeah. again. Revenge feels great, everybody. I just so you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it always does. Yeah. Um, there. I've heard <laughs> that the feelings that you get from revenge are desirable. Uh, does that cover my bases enough? No, like you think of like the human nature, most revenge stories, uh, that's like a common theme in movies is like revenge. Um I'm going to go out there and get my own brand of justice. It's a good way of putting it. My own brand, his own brand of justice. Uh, that's what a vigilante does actually. So it's that borderline, like this is a really bad dude. So why, why should he, um, why should he just quote unquote, go to jail? Why shouldn't the dad get his revenge? Um, so I think this show is going to explore that theme a lot. Like, Yes. What is the right thing to do? Is the right thing to bring him to the courts, or is what Moriarty's doing, yeah. uh, allowing these things to happen to bad people? Uh, is that the the more satisfying, better way of doing it? So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much episode one. There is something at the end after the credits. Uh, short little clip that. Um, Cole kindly remind us in the group chat about. Uh, it's funny, you texted and asked if we had watched, actually yes, if uh, one of us had watched because there's a track record. Um, but I had actually seen seen this one, but then when I went back on episode two, I didn't see I didn't see that there was one there, so I, I actually would have missed one. Uh, just to fully... You're welcome. Um, but but the end of this one is pretty good. It, was, uh, it ends with... Um, with uh oh it's great it is it's better than good sorry i'm getting spam text gosh i hate this block caller delete text so it ends with william reading the newspaper mm -hmm. and lewis brings him some tea like you know i think and they start talking a little bit hey anything in the newspaper that we should know about go ahead chess now you can finish up oh so he says nope there is no news about a caught murderer 
or string or this Earl disappearing. Um, and he ends with like turning from the window and says, it was basically the perfect crime. I don't think that was the exact wording, but it does say perfect crime. And yeah. I was like, Woof! oh man, that was strong ending yes. of like, we did the right thing. Nobody knows we did it. Yep. And it was Erasing wrong. something. What's that, Ben? And it was wrong. He said, and it, and it was a, a yeah. bad thing. To the do. perfect crime. Like, this is the best way to do what needs to be done to accomplish what we want to accomplish. Right. But I think they, they acknowledge that it, so that's, that's where I started to kind of try to wrap my head around what kind of Moriarty they're presenting here, which is a, he is still a bad guy, but his goals are honorable uh, but he's going about them like almost like a crime lord. Like, I mean, he just set up this place for a guy to get brutally murdered. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I, I really like it's funny. Even with you texting that, Cole, I still almost skipped it because <laughs> I'm so it's so engrossed in my nature to just immediately click, click, click 10 seconds, 10 seconds or next episode or whatever. Um and I was like, oh, no, no, there's one right here at the end. Um, so I'm glad you said something because I thought that was, it was really short and just just really good. Really good. Yeah. So, Colster, um, that's the end of episode one. We jump into episode two. And does it continue the story? Or are we thrown hint, hint, backwards in time? <laughs> Uh, I will go with B there, Regis. We are thrown backwards. So episode two, it's called The Scarlet Eyes. But you're Act wrong. One. Act one. So it's unfortunate that we ended this way because now we're ending our episode on a cliffhanger because we don't know what's going to happen in act two Ooh, for this, backstri- this backstory. So anyway, yep. The, it, this episode starts with the prologue of what England is like at this time, this turn of the century. Uh, yeah. It quickly summarizes the class system. You know, the industries are booming. People are getting rich, but only a very certain amount of people, 3% of the population. Jess? Sorry, one small thing. Did y'all notice when they did the map of like what territories England had kind of colonized? Yeah. Did you notice that they highlighted Canada instead of the United States? <laughs> Yeah, I didn't notice. What's wrong with that? They didn't. They didn't colonize Canada. The thirteen. Yeah, they did. Like England, the French colonized Canada. Yeah, at first, but then the England won it over in the French and Indian War. Okay, that's fair. Canada still recognizes the Queen. Well, they did recognize the Queen. The Queen's on their money for crying out loud. So, like, yeah, Canada is a providence of England. Not not a providence. What is it called? Uh, something like that. Just like Territory. Commonwealth, yeah, Commonwealth is right. Just like Australia isn't. You know, okay, so this is like Commonwealth of England too. Canada settled is. common. Sorry, yeah, this is very nerdy now. This is a, this is a settled Commonwealth map? Is what it's showing. Yeah, That's yeah. You're saying it's part of the oh, okay. empire. It's its own nice. country, but go. it's part okay. of the empire. 
That's why yeah, it makes yeah. more sense. So that's why the United States wasn't colored in because we right, right, right. had our independence. Sense, yeah. But Canada like, never Yeah, Canada never revolted. They just said, Okay, we'll pay tribute to the Queen or King or whoever. Um, so there's still a Commonwealth even today of Great Britain. Cool. World history, yeah. everybody. Thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. <clears throat> so yeah, talking about the class system. People are getting rich. Noble people have have always had this money, but it's only 3% of the population. Then there's a little uh, smaller middle class, and there's a huge poor class. What do they call them? Serfs? No, nah, that's not right. That's more like slaves. Serfs. I don't know I what they, they call, call them. Lower, I thought lower it was serfs. Class. Very, very oh, no. low, lower class people. Um, and that's how the episode starts. Just a very quick montage of this is what's yeah. going on in this country at this time. So it opens up with William on the train. He talks to this guy about betting on horses and he says, Hey, guess what? I can predict kind of the outcome of the horses horse race because of probability and numbers and all that stuff. If you just look at the facts, anybody can win. And then we get a flashback of when he's a little kid, little William walking down the streets. And he says that same thing to a, a, you know, a a little group of guys trying to bet on horses. He's like, Hey, if you just look at the numbers, this horse is, 80% 80% likely going to win. And so it's just like, okay, that's interesting. And then you see little William walking around in his nice little coat and he's helping out other people. This lady comes walking up to him. She's like, my flowers keep wilting. What should I do? Little child. And he's like, Hey, yep. just throw some vinegar in your water cup or your water. But only, uh, only a little thing. bit. Only a little bit. And she's like, thanks. Good, sir. And then another guy's like, Hey, you got rid of my rat problem. Nice job. Here's some sticky buns. And like, He's just, he's just like me. an advisor to everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very funny. And then, and then Albert rides up in his little, in his carriage. And he's like, hey, I'm going home. You want to come with me? Little brother. And we're like, oh, William is his little brother. What? And then they get home. And then something else happens at home. Albert was dead the whole time. <laughs> he was seeing ghosts. No, that's not what happens. Just kidding. Uh, no, I was actually very confused at this point. He gets confronted by... I thought it was actually the father of the family. Same. Uh, not the father. It is like a butler. A legit butler. And he's mm-hmm. like, why were you using the carriage? And he's super antagonistic. And I'm like, what? What is, like, what is right. this? Is he just like a super authoritarian dad? And then it's quickly revealed like, Oh, William is not on the same level as Albert. Cause then Albert walks up and he's like, he was using it because I let him. You have a problem with that. And the guy's like, Oh no, master Albert. And then he just keep, but he still keeps going off. on like, like, I can't believe I have to serve someone so beneath my status. Like he's a servant berating someone else. And so it's like, that class system that Cole brought out is really strong because any honor that you do have, you quickly uh, are, uh, you see that happening. You see a lot of people that even if they only have a little bit, they still abuse those below them because they're like, I've got what I, a little bit I have. I don't want that taken away from me. That's a common thing that happens sadly in, in that uh, situation. So we come to find out that William and Luis are brothers. It's kind of uh, referenced. Luis's name is referenced when the sticky buns come up because Albert says, I'll keep your secret. And then he eats one good-naturedly 
And he says, I'll, I know you want to share those with Luis. Um, and then it comes out that like, oh, uh, William and Luis are brothers and they are of a lower status than Albert. Yeah, yeah and so Albert is, is not related to them by blood. So that's what we assumed at the beginning of the episode because he calls him brother in right. public, but it's not actually right. his brother. Right. So they reference the lady of the house. Like, you don't want to hear the lady of the house hearing you talk about this. So you're like, okay, interesting. So maybe, like, the mom or whoever's the main matron of the family likes William. Um, still kind of unclear at this point what Lewis's role is. He seems to be a servant because he's sweeping and he seems frail. Yep. Uh, and William, the, that's actually how the servant makes his entrance. He's like, He's like, if he's got energy to stand up, he's got energy to help, doesn't he? And what are you doing riding in the carriage? And he kind of goes off on William at that point. Um, but basically, they do, it does get revealed as we go along, but I, I don't want to jump ahead. So what is the immediate next turn there? I think it's Albert walking down the hall, actually. <clears throat> uh, someone, so Albert kind of calls out Simon, and he's like, you speak too freely. And uh, someone behind Simon says, what's all what's all the commotion? And it's Master William, other William. Did you just say this? I'm sorry. Did you just say this? Did I, I, I did okay. allude, to, allude to it. Not oh, yeah. explicitly. So, so another, a, a new character. So a, a different William shows up. And I'm like, oh, so the so now we know that Albert and this William are brothers. Um, mm-hmm. And we realize right away, Albert is a good dude. And William is a tool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. From the from the gate, like it's My not tool is at a, all is like a generous term. Yeah. I was trying. I was like, what do I type here that I can actually say in the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he's uh, the first introduction we have to him is a maid bumps into Albert with a bloody hand. I'm like, what the heck? Uh, I think it's a little later, but anyway, go ahead. Keep going. Yeah, that's, and, that's well, anyway, why he's alluding that he's a tool is yeah. A maid bumps into him with a bloody hand at one point in the episode. And will uh, real William comes out of the room with a bloody fork and is basically like, yeah, she didn't make a good enough pot of tea. A cup of tea, and I can't believe we have to put up with this crap of a like servants. And I'm gonna get her fired tomorrow. I'm gonna talk to father. And Albert like glares at him. And at, you are correct, Colt. This is later in the episode, but Albert glares at him. So that that is a capstone of their difference of relationship for sure. So anyway, keep yeah. going. Yeah. So they're. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Colt. You jump in there. No, it's fine. What were you gonna say? Were you? Well, they were so the the initial part that, about him that I didn't like was just because their initial conversation was about Albert wanting to go help out uh, at the school again, and William is just talking about how basically they're all trash. You got sick from them; it's a waste of time. And you're just like, wow, they are total opposites. And if we weren't convinced before, just seeing really, uh, it really brought out the good in Albert, like he's clearly genuine and this brother is representing the upper class that we, uh, we learned how, how certain people feel about them. (laughs) The worst of the upper class. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it, the show does a weird thing right now where it's it also does another slightly smaller flashback. So we're in a flashback, and it's like just jump back a little bit. And Inception. And the idea to adopt William and his brother. You've been saying Luis. Is that how you say it, Luis? I've been saying Luis. Whatever. Sure. Doesn't matter. Both hey, either are one. similar. Either. Uh, was actually Papa Moriarty's idea to. A- <laughs> to adopt some orphans because he's at this fancy party and he's uh, kind of enamored with this this pretty lady and she's like oh we adopted an orphan from the lower class isn't that great how great is that and then another gentleman's like oh your humanitarianism is rubbing off on me lady i'm gonna do that now and he looks back at papa moriarty like haha i've bested you in the this lady's eyes and so papa moriarty's like well i gotta do it now I got to do it because I like this lady. And then he goes home and tells his wife because he's married. And she's like, what? No, we're not going to do that. That's stupid. He's like, well, I can't go back on my word. I have to do it now. (laughs) So, like, obviously, he's kind of a tool also. Uh, Obviously, wanting in the graces of this other woman, his wife doesn't want to because she's kind of like her son, William. Like, I don't want to do that because we don't need to. And think of the way we'll be looked at. What are they going to bring into our home? Sort of thing. Yeah. Right. So there you go. That's and, that's uh, why they get adopted. And, and Albert in this, is in, okay. <laughs> Albert is given the given the task of finding an orphan by his dad. Yep. Like you're already there and at that in, school. Go find someone. In these in these flashbacks at the school, he he's impressed with the the cleverness and the wit of William, uh, false William. Uh, so, do they ever give his first name? It's James, right? They've been calling him William, and he announces himself once as. No, I don't think so. I think that's alluding to something that could happen in the future, where right. a certain other William's name gets taken over by this William. What's going to happen to that other yeah. William? I don't know. Right. So I think I it's have assumptions. James. I think it's well, James. he introduces himself. When he's older, is William James Moriarty? Yeah, yep. to that right. Earl. So, in, either way, at the orphanage, uh, it's found out that they would sneak into the public library, read, and they were just super intelligent uh, as kids. At least, uh, fake William is, and so he's very impressed with him. And then he shows up at the orphanage one day, uh, and fake William is is uh, helping some laymen with their digging. What what I assume is a ditch. Uh, he's given them, you know, how to how to dig some dirt at a better, you know, rate of speed and like the depth of the soil and all that. Like, you know, he's just being a good guy. He's just helping. We've we've and already it, established that he is he has been helping people out. So this should not seem right, right. out of the ordinary. Right. Although right. this is before that, because this is in the flashback. In the timeline, but for us as an audience, this is oh sure. We've already right. seen him helping people out. Another callback to good sin sin and storytelling, visual storytelling. Um, so he he's helping these people out. They get a little weird, but I I personally just kind of vibe with like, oh, it's the nobility. Laymen don't like the nobility. Ah, yeah. And they they leave. And um, he he caught a few phrases here and there. He's helping them, you know, figure out you know the rate of digging this uh, ditch and how long it is and all this stuff. It's like how long? How long was it? 40 feet or something like that. Yeah. It was 40 something. I can't remember if it was meters or feet. Right. 40 meters. We'll say, 
Um, which is which is forty feet anyway. Yeah, because feet meters are feet. Meters feet. <laughs> <laughs> call back again. Uh, call back. Never, we'll Long never let that go. Back. Never let that die. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So a nice little scene there. Anything of note for you guys? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was forty yards. Nice. Uh, oh, okay. So anybody want to jump into the next? The next. Uh, Which doesn't make any sense. I don't know why it would be yards for them, but. Hey. Uh, so then a little, a li- yeah. So then a little later, um, Albert is taking a carriage ride. It's a little bit of time later, and uh, he overhears that a he's getting into his carriage, and he overhears that somebody, uh, a nobility man, was Rob Blind. Uh, and he's kind of listen, half listening. It's just gossip on the street. Yeah, he was robbed. It was a crazy setup. They really just robbed him blind. They got into a secret safe underground. Uh, it seemed like they dug it knowing exactly what they're doing all 40 meters of the tunnel. And Yard. you see... Yard. Yard, sorry. Uh, feet <laughs> of the tunnel. You see Albert's <laughs> eyes like go wide for a second. And you're like, he's like... No way. Yeah. No way. This is, there's no way. And he kind of tries to talk himself out of it. Like, no, this isn't what he was helping them. Because fake William has said like, well, you know, I just like using my gifts to help people. And then they repay me with like bread or food or, you know, money maybe. Um, And he's, and he's like, he totally helped these guys rob this guy. (laughs) So he goes back to the orphanage and the ladies that are there, the super sweet ladies, they're like, oh, yeah, all the kids are in the chapel. Like, And he is about to go in the chapel, and he hears them talking. And they're like, so the nobility are good, right? And William's like, yeah, yeah, The fossil William is like, yeah, 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 Nobility are good. They, you know, they obviously have been graced, uh, sort of almost like that graced by the gods thing. They were born into the right families. But then it takes a turn because one of them's like, but there's bad nobles. And he's like, yeah there are bad nobles. He's like, yeah. And some of the kids are like, yeah, I've, you know, they throw stuff at me and blah, blah. He's like, well, what did I tell you to do to bad nobles? And they start chanting y'all like hardcore cult style. Uh, what do they chant folks? Fight and kill bad nobles. <laughs> Fight, kill nobles, bad Bad nobles. A little better grammar, but that is exactly what they <laughs> But yeah, like, uh, Albert is standing there, like, stricken. He's like, oh my gosh. Like, he really did rob this guy. They want to, he want like, these kids are chanting to kill bad nobles? Like, fight against nobility that are bad to you and kill them? And this kid is leading them. What the heck? <laughs> uh, and, Yeah. Yeah, what did y'all feel at that moment? Because that was a pretty intense scene. That was. I, I like that he gave props to Albert and some nobles because they're like, you know, is is Albert okay? Is and he's like, yeah, right. and uh, you know, so not they're all bad, um, and that there are some good reasons for why some nobility are nobility. It's because like their ancestors or grandparents because of their contributions so he, oh, he does he does kind of give a little bit a little bit for them 
Um, yeah. He but says then, yeah. it's because of them that this country is so great as it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a very interesting so, perspective. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he kind of kind of presents both sides, but there's clearly uh, some strong feelings towards the <laughs> other side. And one quote, I, I don't know if someone said this or if it was Albert thinking about what. Anyways, I'll just read it and you guys probably remember. If we get rid of the bad people, this would be an ideal country in the eyes of God. He has been taking the path of wrong to achieve a world that is right. Um, yeah. Was that that's Albert's, Albert's uh, inner monologue with himself? That's what it was. Okay. I was thinking that. Yeah. Young, young Albert. Yeah. Is a great way to phrase how we understand things. I feel like in these two episodes so far. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, Cole, but I actually want you to walk us through this, but then the next scene is him confronting false William by himself. It's Albert and William in the chapel. That's the end of this episode. Yeah. I mean, well, it takes it's... us to the maid. The maid scene is next. Oh, that's, yep. that's where that's, the yeah. maid scene. Comes yeah. The breakup between, you're, between you're correct. Yeah. The breakup between what Albert just overheard and his confrontation of false William is the real William abusing the, the servant girl with the fork. So we've already talked about that. Let's pass over it. But yeah, Albert confronts Maria, uh, fake William in a, wh- where is he at? Is he in that orphanage? He's in the chapel. Again. Okay. In the chapel. Uh, saying like, Hey man, I heard you. I heard what you were saying. Um, and then yeah, Moriarty just like, Oh, you did, huh? What are you going to do about it? Like that's the vibe <laughs> he gives off. Like, are you going to stand in my way here? And there, they talk kind of talks a little bit like, the necessary evil to make this country better, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to walk through because it was very short. It was a very short scene, but that's kind of how, that's when the closing song starts is mm-hmm. just, just after Moriarty's like, are you going to stand in my way of this? Like implying yeah, if you're in my way, I'm probably going to kill you. Closing mm-hmm. song. And then after, but there's more after it. Ben, since you watched it, what happened after so after, and let me see if, I, I don't know if the notes I have here are for, so I have down last scene, Albert's like, can you fight the whole, can you fight the whole country? Cause that's essential you have to do. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's like, that is, that's what I, that's what I'm going to do. And will you report <laughs> me to Scotland Yard? That's all still before the closing song, right? It is. Yeah. Cause right, it's right, at, right. at the end, I think right away, don't we see, uh, now I'm. I think it's Lewis. I don't know what I've been that's, saying. That's that's after Lewis? the closing song. <laughs> Lewis comes up and he pulls a knife that's out. Right at the beginning. On yeah, Albert. yeah, yeah. I'm like, whoa. Okay, he's Lewis's bodyguard from day one, folks. Day yeah. one. Um, I don't remember the dialogue though. I just remember he's behind him with a knife. <laughs> it's uh, Albert's inner monologue again, just saying, and that was the first time I took interest in him. It was just oh. because he was so intelligent. But then it cuts to a very big scene. Very big. Kind of. I, I was a little confused. It cuts to a, a building on fire. Is that the orphanage mm-hmm. on fire? Okay. So I'm not 100%, but 
What does he say? What does he say? Who's he? We're children. We're children. (laughs) (laughs) No. He says... Kung Pao. uh, Y'all talk for a second. Because I, I thought I had this straight, but I, I'm just going to look real quick. Because it, it, I don't, it's I don't very, remember what he says. This is what I remember. I remember them coming out of the fire of the building. Uh, mm-hmm. The the fire brigade is like, oh, there's kids there. Let's get them out. And they Why bring them up. They, they kind of come and get them. And then Albert's like, hey, my name's Albert James Moriarty. And these are. And the episode cuts no, out. No, no. Wait, 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 wait. That's all I remember. Okay, let me see. Let me Talking see. about you, Lewis you and correct. You, fake William. You might be correct, but I just want to double check because... Okay. While well, you're checking, called? Ben, when was the last time you saw Kung Pao enter the fist? Oh, wow. Probably Adamaeus. <laughs> and I miss nice. that movie so much. I Every time like... I'm around somebody that those memories come up. We're like, Oh, let's totally watch it. And then we don't watch it. Like the weekend gets filled with something. Or yeah. even when Johnny came up and visited, we talked about watching it. We never did. Uh, another one that I really like in that genre somewhat Kung Fu hustle. I really like that one. I haven't um, seen that one. Yeah. It, it's really funny. And it's got like some good action in it too. And funny action. Uh, yeah. Hey, maybe <laughs> Guys, weekend. I do. Yeah, I did. I'll I actually bring... start a list this time. I think I did. Good. I'll bring Kung Pao. I'll bring Hot Shots, and Hot Shots. Yes, <laughs> please. Okay. So, uh, Cole was right. He does say Albert James Moriarty. Ooh. So I was taking some assumptions, and I think I took them wrong. I read oh, okay. it as I think I remembered it being William James Moriarty, and so I was like. I thought this was uh, an insinuation that he had murdered his brother. Um, no, uh, he says William James in the first episode. Yes. So I so, think the implication is is there. It's hanging because he has done death gla- uh He has done death glares at his brother, and there's actually a scene where he's laying on his bed, thinking about his brother and how evil it is, and he kind of runs through some of that monologue of like, if all yeah. the evil people are gone. And I'm like, dude, he totally wants to murder his brother, and he thinks this kid can help him do it without getting caught. Uh, so I think that's well, where let's, it's going. Yeah, let's jump but... into predictions for episode three. Oh, should I hold my prediction? Well, you just told most of it, so let's keep going. <laughs> uh, I think he's yeah. recruiting William to help him murder his brother. Yeah. Uh, ditto, but add the parents into that so they get the wealth of the family also. See, that's why I, th- I thought the house burning down was their house and that they had adopted oh, them and that yeah. okay. they like are walking out of the house saying like, this is my brother William survived everybody. Look here, he's right here. Um, but right. they didn't actually oh. say like, and these are, so I don't know if that's the scene or if, if it's going to, if this is like a flash forward and in the next scene, it's next episode is going to, you know, play it so out. So the, que- the question is what building is burning? Is it the Moriarty household or is it the orphanage? We don't quite know because it all happens okay after they're in the chapel right but how much time has passed in between that cut scene i don't know and i i i want to say it's going to be the house because he's already been commissioned to adopt these two kids right right well and, and we know that they get adopted because the one 
butler is super rude. So it wouldn't be the orphanage because it's like, why burn down a place you're going to just pull them out of? Plus, Albert loves the orphanage. So I think it's the house. I think that they stage a fire and he looks close enough to the brother that they're just going to be like, William survived. Here's William. Mm. Everybody else died. It just might be uh, like a prelude to something that happens at the end of episode three. So like, right. we'll get into episode three. We won't see that oh, we're gonna fire. Have another, we're going to have another Jorin. <laughs> we're right back where we started, folks. I don't know. I feel like this show is going to do it a little better. I sure hope so. I can't, couldn't do worse. Let's <laughs> put it that way. I have a question. Uh, it's a two-parter. Ooh. It's not a prediction, but based on your answers, it will become predictions. Nice. Do you think, uh, maybe this is an obvious answer, but I'm going to ask anyways. Will Sherlock Holmes be a part of the show at all? And if so, what type of role do you think he will play in this show? Cool. Okay. Pointed to me. Um, answer one. Yes, I do. I, I have not looked ahead. I have no way of knowing. But I think he will. Um, I think he will... Uh, be reminiscent of Inspector Gadget, if you've seen. So very bumbling, very. Full. No, I'm just kidding. He won't be. Like <laughs> that would be his arms will really stretch, ruin. and he has a helicopter <laughs> come out of his head. Yeah. Matthew Broderick version. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. The original, please. Um, but no, no, no. I think he'll be brought in as a foil character, similar to how Professor Moriarty is the you know, the arch nemesis, or he was later brought out to be the arch nemesis of Sherlock Holmes. I think it'll be that vibe of like, I'm doing bad things to accomplish good in the world. And Sherlock is going to be that person that's trying to figure out who's doing these really bad things. Cause sure they're quote unquote good results, but they're, they're wrong. And he's going to be that foil of like, this isn't justice. This is revenge. That's my prediction. All right, Ben, take your headphones out for this. I'm going to talk a little bit about Death Note. (laughs) I feel like uh, Sherlock and and Watson are definitely going to be in this show. Ben took his headphones off. That's great. I'm not going to get into terrible spoilers, but uh, yeah, I think that's how it's going to be. It's going to be Light versus L. L is Sherlock and Light is uh, Moriarty. He's he's doing things that could benefit the country like getting rid of child murderers getting rid of right terrible people like but he's doing it in a way that's technically murder and sherlock will be that it is it is murder <laughs> so sherlock will be that character that follows along and tries to solve these mysteries um in a way. um do you think they'll interact like yes absolutely and yeah i would love to see that there's no there's no way that he'll just be like, he'll have his own scenes and then Moriarty will have his own scenes. They'll obviously clash at, some, at many times in the show. Right. Sure, sure, sure. Well, ben, be ben, I wasn't really, that. I didn't really spoil it too much. So you can still listen to this episode when oh. it comes out. Yeah, I can you can't. It. Please That's don't. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure Johnny spoiled more than I just said. So. Oh, gosh. <laughs> man, his text messages. Oh. Am I right? Yeah. Just kidding. Sorry. You know what? 
I bet right now he's spoiling something to someone. Seriously. <laughs> if it's not if it's not a show, it's probably milk. Mm. That, was, that was a good dad joke there, buddy. Thank you. I try really hard. <laughs> Still got more on my record than Cole. So you got to throw out a ton of bad yeah. ones. And then like once in every hundred, you get a good dad joke. So you got to really run through them. Yeah, so throw that real. throw that spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Mm. You know spaghetti. what I would like? Spaghetti? Spaghetti. But <laughs> I think what would be cool is if they did a version of Sherlock Holmes, like brought him in and was on joined forces with this Moriarty team. And by the end of the show is whenever Sherlock Holmes just draws the line because something happens and then they go their separate ways. Mm. Um, mm. I think that'd be cool. Like he's, he understands he's super smart. So he's like, yeah, yeah, let's join forces. And then something triggers like a, whoa, I don't, that's a moral line I can't cross. Well, no, I think like a Charles Xavier and Magneto situation where they used to be really good friends and then their ideologies got in the way and then they split up. That's Mm -hmm. actually exactly what I'm envisioning. Yeah. Mm. Oh, vision's a different character. I love GI Joe references too. (laughs) (laughs) But about about inspector gadget. Um, Awesome. I think that's super exciting. I am excited to see where this show goes. Uh, fun fact, it was produced, I don't know what the right word is, animated, produced by Production IG. Mm-hmm. If you recognize that company. That, that is why I think they will do better than Joran. Amen. They know what they're doing. They really do. They're a great company. Love them. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll jump into episodes three and four next week. I hope you'll join us on Three Dads Talking About Anime. What do you get when you add two plus one? You get three dads talking about anime. What do you get when three guys love anime? You get three dads talking about anime. What do you get when those three guys love guys start having kids? Dads. So become fathers and they each have kids. Went on the each separate ways. What happens? So you, you get three dads talking about anime. Three, three dads, three dads talking about anime.